Nobody was more surprised than myself with the success of Beauty Blender. Um, I originally created it for other makeup artists. I didn't think of it as a consumer brand. Uh, you know, when it became a, a real true consumer product, like when we entered Sephora, it really catapulted the brand into a bunch of activities that we hadn't really built our business to be able to sustain. So I spent a lot of time learning about business. There's not many people who can describe themselves as a sponge scientist. But Rianne Silva, an in-demand celebrity makeup artist and the founder and inventor of Beauty Blender, an iconic, expanding, egg-shaped makeup sponge for effortless blending, which has grown into a line of extraordinary makeup, foundations, and other tools, deserves the sponge scientist title. She has lived the there must be a better way path to creating a product to solve her own challenges and now leads a fast growing company with a team of more than 100 people taking the world of makeup artistry by storm. Coming up, you'll hear about the airbrushing challenges while working on the set of the TV show Girlfriends that sparked the idea of Beauty Blender. Why the predominance of men as makeup artists in the past created a real challenge for women using the same tools. What male insecurity inspired the first black beauty blender? Rianne's revolutionary foundation, Bounce. What staying focused and avoiding distractions has meant for Rianne? And Rianne's successful tactic for organic marketing. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Maria Ann, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. I am so excited to learn more about these beautiful products that are sitting right next to us. But before we get into that, you first had the inspiration for Beauty Blender while you were on set doing makeup for a television show. Can you share more about how you came up with this product? Yeah, sure. So I am a professional makeup artist. I was based in Los Angeles for many years, did film, television, and celebrity work, and I got the call to come work on this show called Girlfriends, which was one of the first shows that was going to be shot and broadcast in high def. And uh, I am a union local, proud local 706 member, and so I was qualified to work at Paramount and lead this show. And the challenge for that show was that it was, like I said, the first show going to be broadcast and high def. And for many years, makeup artists like myself that worked in television, we worked shooting real film. Lighting setups were very different. The film development and, and result, the way you looked on film was very different. So the challenge that I was given was to get these four amazingly beautiful black women. I loved um, that show. It was a great show, right? So and funny. they just did, they just yeah. did a, like a, Reunion? I don't know, like a reunion or something. Yeah, it was so great to see them together. But in any case, my job was to keep them looking natural and young and vibrant and not over made up, which was kind of a challenge before that. Because when you would work in film, you would have to use a lot of makeup, 
just based on the lighting setups. And then, of course, over the day, as you're shooting, you shoot out of sequence. And so you're, you know, you're taking makeup off, putting makeup on, and it's very easy to look like you're wearing a lot of makeup. So the challenge for me was to be able to create these looks in high def and make them look natural and consistent all day. When you shoot in high def, it's a digital film, you see everything. So I had a background in beauty airbrushing, which was a technique of applying makeup that was kind of at the time reserved for mainly special effects people. But a group of us had found ways to start using, you know, commercial, you know, consumer products, beauty makeup and blowing them through the airbrush. And so because I had that skill, they thought, oh, let's hire her. She knows how to, you know, we've heard that airbrushing works best for high definition. She knows how to do it. And luckily, I had department headed other shows before, so I was qualified. And yeah, so that was the show. And that was the challenge and took a little while to figure out what was going to work best for continuity and for, you know, the the actual look of skin on high def. But that is definitely where Beauty Blender was born. And was there a specific aha moment? Like, I need this tool that's shaped like a, I don't even know how you would describe the shape, an egg-ish shape. How did you develop the product and and know what specific features were needed? There were a couple uh, aha moments, if you will. Um, again, I mentioned being a union member, Local 706. We have a lot of ongoing education that we we participate in. The union offers a lot of different technique-driven classes so that we're always updated on on new new stuff, right? So I took this class and it was being shot by this really prolific makeup artist. Her name is Kelsey Fry. And this class was about like G.I. Jane and some of the movies Like she's done tons of movies and how she created certain looks. And something she said that day really just resonated with me. And it, it made me want to go back to my trailer at Paramount and try this technique out. And really what it was is very simple. And it was kind of a, a playback to the beginning of filmmaking in the era of black and white filmmaking. And it was that at the time, makeups had not evolved into the beautiful formulations we have now. They were basically water-activated makeups. Like if you re- might recall pancake makeup, people call pancake makeup. And that's when you would take a wet sponge and you would, you know, rub it into a dry makeup formulation and activate the makeup and apply it kind of like painting on your face, like, you know, sponge painting a wall. That's kind of what you would do to your face. Um And she was talking about how she used that technique with modern formulas and how the water in the sponge did not disrupt the new formulas, which was a big thing for me because I needed coverage. I needed, like, I didn't need, I didn't want the makeup to be diluted. Um, So I just kind of like took that, uh, that little tidbit, that one little bit of information, brought that back. Um, started looking at some of the dailies, which are what you look at after you've shot, you go back and look at film. Um, and just another thing that she said to uh, one of the things was that it's really interesting giving you a little history and makeup artistry here, but yeah, it's so interesting. Um, makeup artists used to be generally men. If you think of Max Factor, you know, you think he was a good, he was a guy, right? Um, men have bigger hands than women 
for the most part. And so the tools that men were using were all hand cut. Like you couldn't really, the time we were in the early, early, early era of makeup, there wasn't a lot of consumer products like we have now, they would have to cut their own materials to use the products. And Max Factor was one of the ones that really started hand cutting a lot of foam and materials. So I started looking into that because the the tools that we were using, you know, obviously we were airbrushing in the morning, but airbrushing isn't practical for filmmaking in an overall day, because especially with an ensemble cast of four beautiful women, you don't want to remove that actor from set to do a touch up because when one girl goes, the other one says, oh, she's going to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom. Oh, she's getting a touch up. I'm going. And pretty soon you're like hurting cats and everybody's getting <laughs> set and the ADs yeah. and the directors and yeah. everybody's mad at you like, make up. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you taking people off set? So it was really challenging for me to be airbrushing my touch up. So I knew I had to find a tool that would help me mimic those really beautiful, natural, blended makeups in the morning and keep them looking that way all day. And so the information that I got from listening to this makeup artist about, you know, water activation and water in your sponge. And when you shoot a movie, the faces are like, you know, 100 feet big sometimes. So you see everything. I just kind of took a bunch of these elements. That's why I said there were several aha moments. Like it took me a minute to figure it out. But then when it all came together and I was using water activation and I was hand cutting round edgeless shapes with certain soft material because sponge, some sponges are hard. Mm -hmm. They're very different. There's natural sponges. There's all kinds of different sponge materials. So it was just kind of like this thing that came together. But there was definitely an aha moment when all of these things came together one day. And I was like, shit, this thing really works great. Oh, my God. On my hiatus, I'm going to start, you know, trying to figure out how to how to make these sponges because they were all hand cut. So it was it was a time consuming activity for us to be every day, me and my crew, you know, sitting there cutting these sponges. So and, and they would miraculously sprout legs every day and people would walk off with them. They would just walk off and it'd be like, where is it? I just cut it today. And it would be gone. Like an actor would take my little hand cut sponge. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I got to figure out a way on my hiatus to make these sponges. And I was so naive and totally not a business person or a manufacturer. I was thinking, oh, I can bake them in my oven. I can do all these things. It's like, oh my God, so ridiculous to think about now. But that's how it happened. Uh, so did the original prototype that you were cutting up look like this that I have here? The, the, the... No, this is like the supermodel version of what I was doing. <laughs> um, you know, if you can imagine, I was using basically like cuticle scissors to get the smoothness, you know, because if you use, I mean, God, we're getting really technical yeah. here. But if you can imagine you're using bigger sponges and you're getting, you know, kind of like sharp angles when you're cutting. So then you need little small ones to kind of smooth those edges out. So, I mean, it was like a whole thing. It was really not practical at all. And I needed to figure out how to make them. So, so what, when did you first start selling them? What year was that? Ooh, well, like I said, they sprouted legs and walked away for a long time. <laughs> and then it took me over three years to actually be able to make them in bulk where I could even consider selling them. And that year, oh, that must have been like 2002, I think, or three. 
Because I know we've been retailing now for almost 16 years. And prior to retailing, I had to go through the product development process that took a couple of years. So I'm like, I'm, I'm working backwards here, trying to think about it. It took a long time. Okay. <laughs> I've become a kind of like a sponge scientist that I never thought I would be. And I've become a, kind of a, a, a little bit of an expert on uh, manufacturing and fabrication of sponge material, which is very specific and very strange. Never thought I would know as much as I do about it, but it took a while. Yeah, and I'd love to talk about the newest product that you just launched, what, a few weeks ago? Yes. Uh, the Wave, the which wave. I thought I was hallucinating before we started talking <laughs> because it changed color, it got bigger. What is the the purpose of, of this product and how does it help yes. you? Yes, well, there's a lot going on with this little sponge here. And I'll tell you first why I created Wave and then I'll tell you why it's special and what it does. So... As we just discussed, I have been retailing Beauty Blender now for over 15 years. And, you know, there's a lot of words that go into talking about a sponge, which, by the way, I never thought as a makeup artist I'd be talking about a sponge. I thought I'd be talking about makeup, which I do now. But, you know, for many years now, I've been talking about a sponge and educating people about why it's pink, why it's an egg shape, why it's better than what you're using and a lot of a lot of things about this sponge but the the one thing that I have noticed over the course of all of these years that just don't it doesn't seem to like sink in with people and whoever uses this beauty blender and lis is listening to this now, you need to use it wet. Okay. It's a very different product <laughs> when it's, oh, see? I never see? knew that. Oh my God. And so, and I mean, it's written on all the copy. It's in Oops. all of our videos. It's on our <laughs> website. It's in YouTube. You know, I've gotten awards and people talk about it, but it's just a detail that I find escapes women. And men and whoever uses them. And so what I did with Wave was I came across this technology and and thought, wouldn't it be amazing to use this technology in Beauty Blender? And what this technology is, is that it's a heat-sensitive technology that I use in the sponge material that when the sponge is hot or cold, it changes color. So it's kind of like a mood ring. If anybody is old enough to know what a mood ring is. And what I thought that would do, I thought that would finally get the, the people that use Beauty Blender to pay attention to wetting it. So when you use hot water or you use cold water, I don't care what temperature you're using. If it's hot in the summer, use cold water. If it's cold in the winter, use hot water, whatever makes you happy. But when you use these different temperatures of water, the sponge changes a different color. And there's people that are just completely intrigued by this concept as I was. And I thought when I decided to try to make this sponge that, you know, maybe some people are going to care. Maybe some people aren't. But like I said, we've, well, you said we've been on the market here for a couple of weeks and we're almost sold out of it. So it's been really popular and I'm really happy because I believe people are wetting their sponges now. Well, you can't see this, but it says wet me. So if they, if they still don't get it after that. Yeah, this was another just kind of like repetitive bit of information that I wanted to put on there was I debossed the sponge which means it's imprinted into the sponge 
wet me, just kind of like an additional message to see what happens when you get me wet. So yeah, so that's the reason. I mean, people think it's like kind of a cute, trendy reason to do this. But no, there is an educational reason for why I chose to make this product. Coming up, expanding beyond the sponge and why male insecurity led to the first black beauty blender. So yes, I know that this changes colors, so I'm very, very curious to see how this works. Okay. Well, first of all, let me, can you hand me that pink one? Because yes. I want to show you something really quick. One of, the, one of the things you should probably learn about Beauty Blender too, and, and the, the way you know that the sponge is ready for use. Okay. So this is, this is the way you get it, Beauty Blender, out of the cylinder, little packaging, nice, cute little pink egg. When you get it wet, it grows. I wouldn't say it doubles in size, but it grows. It's like a chia pet, you know, like you think (laughs) you you want it to grow. So this is how big it is when it's ready for use. And this is how big it is when you take it out of the package. So this is another visual way of knowing your beauty blender is ready to use. So what's special about Wave is that... Right now, this sponge is, is it's really comfortable. It's kind of like a pink color, but I'm going to put it right now into this hot water and I'm going to pull it out and you're going to see now it's like that a it's, blue, it's kind white. of turquoise, like huh. robin's egg blue, we call it, right? Now, this is one way people go like, oh, it changed color. I'm going to squeeze it around and make sure it stays, you know, this color because you want, you want it to stay in the water long enough to expand in the way that I just showed you. So then when you put it back into the cold water, it goes back to turning pink. But all of this is simply so that you'll wet your little sponge. You need to wet it. It becomes softer. Not only does it expand the cells in this material, which is a very, very special material that I make this out of. Um, And you won't find this material, by the way, in any of my fans, if you know what I mean. I have a lot of fans. Yes. We created this category of edgeless makeup applicator, sponge applicator. And now, because we're pretty popular, other people want to make their own version of it. So there's a lot of copycats. So I call them my fans because... Yeah, you were the original. It's just a healthier way to look at it. Yes. (laughs) But... um, they will never have this material. This material is super, super special and it's exclusive to me. And it expands with water. It's hydrophilic. And when it gets bigger, the cells in the sponge expand and get fluffy and really happy. And the product gets a lot softer. So when you're depositing makeup on your face with a sponge, the way this one works and why it works so well is that it kind of makes the makeup melt into your skin. When the sponge is wet, it's not thirsty because the sponge's job is to absorb moisture. That's what sponges do. Your kitchen sponge, you use a sponge when you want to absorb moisture and you use it dry and it absorbs the moisture. But when the sponge is wet and it's not thirsty anymore, it's not absorbing your makeup. What it's doing is the makeup is staying on the outside of the sponge. It might go very, very, very shallowly into the sponge. But the technique for using Beauty Blender is a bounce. That's why we call our motto is wet, squeeze, bounce. Wet, squeeze, bounce. <laughs> and this is the motto that we've had for years and people still don't <laughs> wet their sponge. But anyway, wet, squeeze, bounce. And when you bounce the product on your skin, 
it's blending, it's depositing and spreading the makeup out. And that's why it mimics the airbrushing. This is the tool that allowed me at Girlfriends to create these airbrush looking finishes. And that all that is, is a code word for really supernatural looking skin all day without having any lines of demarcation or buildup of makeup. And that's it. It's super, I mean, I could talk about sponges all day long, but it's really a simple concept. And I just thank God well, I an, came up with it. Yeah, it's an incredible <laughs> product. I remember when I first discovered it years ago, I was like, I have to have that. And I don't think it was even before I was really wearing makeup. But I remember seeing this product and, and knowing that it was special. And over the years, you've actually expanded your product line. So can you talk to yeah, to me about sure. what was the next product after the initial um, well, Beauty Blender? Well, you know, one of the first challenges with Beauty Blender that I came across was the price point, okay? I don't go to China to make this. This sponge is made in America. I'm really proud of that now because at the volume that we manufacture now, I put a lot of people to work and I put a lot of money in people's pockets and um, I keep, by keeping it in America. Um, but I also knew from the environmental perspective and the sustainability part that if I could create a cleanser to keep the sponge clean, that would also be the first cleanser of its kind that women would be able to use on their sponge material, regardless if it was mine or anybody's, like keep it clean, just figure out how to keep it clean and not throw it away and use a new one because you can do that, especially when you're only using it on yourself. What germs are you afraid of putting right, back on right, your body? Right. It's a makeup artist that doesn't want right. to you know, cross-contaminate with people. But women are really concerned about their own germs and putting them back on their body. I don't know. Anyway, so I created the first cleanser. So that was my first line extension for Beauty Blender. Then after that, you know, Beauty Blender became really popular. The first people that I marketed it to were other makeup artists because I thought they're the only people that are really going to understand this product. They're all going to have the same challenge that I have working in high def. And and word it got now, like, because I told you they sprouted legs and walked away. People, you know, other actors would go to another set and the makeup artist would be like, what's that? And, you know, or I would hire other makeup artists to come work with me and they would be like, what's that? So pretty soon the makeup artists knew what they were. So I realized that that was really one of the the main successful marketing, you know, organic marketing things that happened. Because when you put it in another makeup artist's hand, then it qualifies that product as not just being like yourself seeing it in a store. I'm sure you were attracted to it because you'd never seen a bright pink sponge. And you've never seen one that looks like an egg and a cylinder. Like the whole reason I presented it the way I did was for someone like you to be like, what is this? I don't know what it is. I want to try it. But my fear was that people would think it would be like a trendy product by putting it in the hands of my other makeup artist friends and peers. And they actually find the same value I found in it, qualified it as a serious tool. And that success with makeup artists brought success to the product and brought it into the consumer market because it crossed over from being a professional product into a consumer product. And by that time, I wanted to pay homage to all of the makeup artists that had helped me support this idea of a beauty blender. So I made the first black beauty blender. And that was the next color that I did of beauty blender. And it was to pay homage to 
other makeup artists because we are the, I mean, the uniform of makeup <laughs> artists around the world is the international color of black. We wear black and we fade to the back. You know, we can't be seen. And um, if you look at most cosmetic brands, not so much now, but especially when I was coming up with Beauty Blender, all the packagings were all black. You know, cosmetic packaging was black. When uh, you would go in store, at whether it was a department store or a professional store, everybody wore black. When you go on set, people wore black. So I was like, okay, black is the color. But it's also the color that straight men feel comfortable with. <laughs> because a lot of these really amazing actors that I worked with and my peers worked with, sometimes it'd be like you'd be using it on them and it'd be like, oh, it's like a massage. Oh, that feels so good. What is it that you're using? Why does it have to be pink? So somehow pink was a little threatening in some way. So I said, you know what? Black is going to be great for me to really, you know, as a signal to give, you know, thanks to my peers, but then it's also going to make guys feel comfortable. So black was the next color. Then, um, you know, just walking down the journey of, of Beauty Blender. And by the way, I never thought I'd spend so much time talking about sponges in my life, <laughs> being a makeup artist that did so many crazy, amazing things in my career. But here I was talking about sponges all the time. I started getting a lot of um, requests from estheticians, people that do facials, um, wanting to have a beauty blender to work in their environment. But, but their concerns were different. Their concerns with their customers was a psychological perception of hygiene. So um, their, their environments are very white and very clean and very calm and very stark, and the color was too loud. So I made a white beauty blender. <laughs> And I called it pure. And that was for skincare. I mean, but honestly, all of them can be used for makeup. It's, you know, people, colors resonate with people and mm -hmm. make people feel a certain way. So that was kind of what happened. So I went down this journey of color. Then I went down another journey where I started making different sizes because some I, I made a small one called Micro Mini. And I made that for people that have sensitive eyes because a lot of times this big bright sponge coming towards your eyes will make you blinky. And, you know, if a smaller one is around your eye, you're not, you know, your brain and your mm -hmm. eye are connected right. and they, they blink. Um, so I went into a small size. I went into a medium size because cream blushes became really popular, but there was never an applicator when you were given a cream blush. They told you use your finger. Problem with fingers is fingers are this size. Your cheek is bigger and you start Smart. rubbing the cream blush all over your face. Not only is it messy, but you get... Uh, fingerprints and blotchiness. When you use a beauty blender with a cream blush, it was just like magic. So I made a smaller medium size and we call that cheeky today. And so, you know, I kind of just built out these sponge products. And I also at the same time built out the cleanser product. I built out the liquid that you see over there when you want to clean a multiple amount of sponges at one time in a bowl of water. Then I came up with solid, which is a solid soap, like a, a bar soap. When you want to, in, you know, clean one individually. Then I came up with one that was non-scented because a lot of people are offended mm -hmm, by mm -hmm. smells. And then I came up with this other one, InstaClean right here, that is an aerosol type of cleanser, which is like a dry cleaner, we call it. It's an Insta cleaner. So if you don't have water and you don't have time to fully wash your sponge, if you're a makeup artist, but you need to quick change a product, you can spray it on there, blot all the makeup off and go to the next product and use it. So those were 
essentially, I have other products for my sponges, cases, and just cl- cleaning pads. And I built, I've built out this whole sponge concept. But what I'm most excited about, I shouldn't say that. That doesn't sound right because I'm really excited about Beauty Blender. It was just Beauty Blender was such an unexpected distraction for a makeup artist. What I'm excited about now to talk about is that I finally got to create makeup. And being a makeup artist, you know, that's what we all want to do. We want to create makeup. In my career, I specifically was known for being a pre-touch makeup so you don't have to retouch. I was really good at shade matching. And my clientele largely was women of color. I'm a woman of color. And so there's a certain kind of eye and expertise that goes with that. So for me, I was really looking forward to creating foundation. And it's also the perfect product to create to go with Beauty Blender because Beauty Blender is a complexion tool. Now I get to use my expertise to create complexion products. So last year, I created this amazing foundation called Bounce. And I think we were talking, chatting about it a little bit. Yes, yes. I remember seeing it all over social media. All of my favorite influencers were talking about this product. I went over to your Instagram page. Was it two years ago? It was a year. A year ago. Just like a year and a half now. I had so much time. Ha- yeah. So many things happened in, in just a, a short amount of time. But yeah, I rem- I just remember seeing this product everywhere. So you did a very, very nice job with getting the word out there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's different. It's not, you know, the same uh, foundation that you see in in the stores. You have this like... Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even so know what you would call it, a palette. You it, can it, like. Thank skirt. you. <laughs> yes, that's what it's called. Again, you know, again, being a pro artist, obviously Beauty Blender was created in a pro environment for a professional need that um, was able to cross over into a consumer market. Every product that I create, I try to create through a professional lens and then find a way for that product to resonate with the consumer. Like, how do they need this? How to not feel intimidated by it because I'm a pro. So one of the things I did on the bottle, which is really, and we've won so many awards, by the way, for it's this so packaging smart. design. It's really cool. I created a palette on the side of the bottle. So my brand is a very modern and sleek looking brand presentation to begin with. So this falls in line with it. As you can see, it's really super modern and clean. But I worked really hard with this manufacturer to create the kind of dispenser system that will allow you to actually pump your foundation right into this mm-hmm. area, this branded kind of egg-shaped dish that's inside or on the side, rather, of the bottle. And then you use it like your palette. And the reason why palettes are so great, it's not just a hygienic tool, but it's also a way for us makeup artists to either mix and match or to control the product. A lot of times women use the back of their hand. And, you know, we all, for the most part, have a back of our hand. But the problem is we forget to erase the makeup or wipe the makeup off your hand. You get it on your clothes. It's messy. Or you walk around looking like you have a bruise on your hand. <laughs> um, and it's just not the most efficient or practical way to apply makeup. And you only recognize that when something better comes along, right? And so this is my introduction to a consumer of how to work like a pro, but not necessarily have to be intimidated by all the tools and the different things that we use. So that's why it is where it is. And then I created other products to mix in there with the makeup. 
After Bounce, which comes in 40 shades and is a, a like the most amazing formulation. I found this little small lab in Italy and I worked really closely with them to make this long wear, very light, full coverage to medium coverage makeup, meaning you can build it and make it sheer or you or you can blend it and make it sheer rather or build it up and make it full coverage and it comes in 40 shades which is incredible we've addressed all undertones and top tones and it comes in light medium tan and deep again being an expert in you know women of color i was really happy to be able to kind of really dissect the shades yeah and then i created a four primers that, you know, a primer is something you wear before you put makeup on your face. And it helps prep your skin to take the makeup. Sometimes it smooths your skin out. Sometimes it absorbs oil. And I have these four amazing primers that I use that you can also pour in this little dish on the bottle and use it and put all over your face. Or you can mix the makeup together with the primers and put on your face. It's just like, you know, I'm trying to get make a system for women to experiment and have fun with their makeup. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's not brain surgery. We're not curing cancer, but we're trying to give people tools to make themselves feel better about themselves. So that was Bounce. You've done a really incredible job in being so thoughtful about and intentional about every product that you've launched. I would think that if, you know, most people who are in your position, you had a lot of success with Beauty Blender and, you know, the next thing is to, of course, let's launch a concealer because a concealer is the, you know, perfect pairing with the Beauty Blender. But it took you a while to, to get to that stage. So why do you think you didn't rush into that? Why was last year the time to launch? Well, nobody was more surprised than myself with the success of Beauty Blender. Um, I originally created it for other makeup artists. I didn't think of it as a consumer brand for a few years into the process. And some of my first retailers were pro stores that I would use to stock my movies and my TV shows and stuff like that. So, you know, when it became a, a real true consumer product, like when we entered Sephora, it really catapulted the brand into a bunch of activities that we hadn't really built our business to be able to sustain. So I spent a lot of time learning about business. You know, I, I'm a makeup artist. I, I didn't go to the Wharton School of Business. I didn't go to a business school. I went to FIDM and I became a makeup artist. So it took me a little while to be able to understand growth and what that means and how I needed to prepare myself. And Sephora, of course, was like a perfect partner for me because they take the time, you know, they don't they don't baby you, but they give you the opportunity to figure things out. And together, we were able to grow the brand. And once we started experiencing the potential growth for Beauty Blender, because Beauty Blender was the first outside tool that they brought into their business. Before that, every all the tools in Sephora today, you can still see they're mostly Sephora brand. They make they do an excellent job on their own of creating everything that anybody needs. But they recognize the the special 
you know, the specialness, I guess, of Beauty Blender. They brought me in and the brand took off. And so once I started working with them, it was all about growing Beauty Blender. And I didn't have time to really sit back and think about what the next thing was. You know, we were growing into different colors, different sizes, you know, expanding our our soap range and our, you know, tools in general. I felt like I had a really great opportunity with them to be able to grow a tool brand there since there had never been a tool brand. There's tons of makeup and everybody does palettes and they do all these, you know, everything in there. But there wasn't really a tool specific brand in there. Up next, Rianne's superpower and the value of common sense as you learn new ideas. A common theme from all of the guests we've interviewed on our podcast so far is that they've all relied on support from other women through groups. So we decided to start an Entrepreneista Facebook group. Head on over to Facebook and search Entrepreneistas. We really wanted to create a community for Entrepreneistas to connect, share ideas, help each other solve problems, and learn from all of our collective experiences. If you join the group, it's really a safe space to talk about being an entrepreneur, sharing your wins, asking for help when needed, and we can't wait to meet you so we can learn and grow together. You mentioned that being a business person was brand new to you. You didn't go to business school. And I've spoken to a lot of entrepreneurs who never went to business school and just figure it out. What has been the most surprising thing about running a business in the last 15, 16 years? Oh, the wow. hardest lesson you had oh to my learn. Oh, goodness. Because okay. we all had to learn the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many lessons, right, along the way. I think a couple that stand out to me, you know, in the forefront of my mind is the nimbleness and the information that you need to have to grow. You know, if you have a good idea and you can execute prototypes and figure the initial thing out, you know, that that's a huge huge part of creating a brand, but the growth aspect of it and uh, what that means from, you know, learning about spreadsheets and Excel and, uh, you know, financial P&Ls and forecasts and demand planning. And I mean, there's all these, you know, little phrases that I just threw out there that maybe your listeners already know about, but as a makeup artist, you know, were things I had to really kind of take the time to learn because my brain doesn't work that way. My brain isn't as linear as some of these concepts and processes are. The planning aspect of growth, you know, th those were really some of the challenges that I had to learn. But then there's also the, you know, making sure that you don't lose your common sense and cause you can, you can learn about these processes and you can learn about these concepts and, uh, the way that they successfully work. How I've come to learn is that you have to have a good dose of common sense when you use these new ideas for me anyway. And one of the, the big things that I tell people too is, you know, clearly I, I've run across so many entrepreneurs that really try to like, stranglehold their business and control it. And for me, I had to really be okay with not knowing a lot. And I needed to admit to people that I didn't know a lot because that at that point you find people that are willing to teach you. 
And you have to be willing to be open enough to kind of take this information, whether it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, minding your money, making sure that you are watching what's happening, but not just the dollars and cents of it, but the money that there's that potentially can be spent in product development and planning, you know, you have to watch that too, because even though people have, I do believe people have your best interests always at heart. They're not always looking at everything holistically, like as a brand founder, you have to look at everything holistically. They look at each person in their department of what they do looks at their department and what they need to do the best job in their department at. But then you have to sit back and holistically look at how that plays with every other, you know, crank that's cranking on in your business. And a lot of times, I mean, that was a big lesson for me. You know, How big is your team now? <laughs> it's, I mean, I think it's big. I think we're still considered kind of a small business, but I have over a hundred people. Well, that's big. That's big. Wow. I think it's big. I mean, it's, you know, it surely beats me and my daughter in the garage packing. <laughs> who, yeah. Canisters. Who are the first people <laughs> or the first types of uh, roles that you hired? Oh gosh. Well, I was really, really fortunate to meet this woman very early on in, in my growth. Uh, actually, when I was trying uh, after that first season, when I said, I'm going to go back and try to bake these in my oven. I'm going to try to make these in bulk. Ah, uh, my God, I was such a busy makeup artist. Uh, I, the, the, the research that I did was to look at packages and find who was distributing the same kind of products. And along this journey of trying to figure that out, I met a woman who was at, uh, this company and she was kind of like this unicorn. She was an expert in sponge material for cosmetics. And she really, really helped me a lot. She was a mentor to me. Her name is Catherine Bailey. And, um, you know, she, she was like, kid, you got to learn. This thing, I got to sit down and talk to you about this PL, this spreadsheet. This is what we're going to do. Are you okay with this? You know, she actually, I was doing everything out of LA at one time. I'm actually a Pennsylvania resident now because of her, because at one point in LA, um, I was trying to do my operations and logistic and still be working as a makeup artist and everything was getting really crazy. And she was like, listen, lady, I'm not moving to LA. I live in Pennsylvania. I'm not going to relocate, but if you trust me and you let me move your operations to Pennsylvania, I will show you how to run operations and to have logistics and a warehouse and the planning and everything. And, you know, at that point I had nothing to lose. And this is what I'm saying about mm -hmm. being open. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm taking a chance. I have nothing to lose. I can either ruin everything or I can grow my business. And gratefully she was amazing. And she still works with me today. And she helped me grow the business and she really helped me, you know, understand a lot about the business world that I did not know. So operations and logistics mm. is in Pennsylvania. And yes. then what what's in LA? In LA, you know, I'm I'm not there so much anymore. My kids have grown, my son's going to school in DC to college. And what what I do in LA, because it's what I know is production. And I talk about content production. So I have a small office and a studio there where uh, I have a team that shoots my content. My daughter, Erica, is 31 years old, and she is the face of my brand for the most part. And she's also a SAG card carrying actor and has been acting her whole life. She does my HSN and QVC business. And she lives in LA. So she runs 
the content there. So we produce, you know, tutorials and YouTube and videos and everything. So that that's really what's in LA right now. And what's in New York? Creative. Creative is in New York. You know, I couldn't get my creative people to move to Pennsylvania. I tried really hard. <laughs> it's a beautiful place in Pennsylvania. I love it. Where in, in Pennsylvania country. are you? I'm in the Lehigh Valley. I'm I'm right in the middle of some beautiful country, but it's, you know, it's an hour and 20 minutes outside of Manhattan. And, and what I really, again, learned as, cause you're constantly learning yeah. on this journey is I don't want my creative people to want to move to Pennsylvania. It's kind of like if they want to move to Pennsylvania, there's something wrong. <laughs> I want them to stay in New York and be connected with all of, yeah. you know, art and business that's here and be on the, the forefront of all of that. So I, I tried very hard <laughs> to get them to move to get several people to move there but I realized that I needed to have an office here because um, I found some really talented um, you know young people that um, they want to live in New York and so I have some offices here I have some we work offices don't I, I don't want you to get this impression that I have these you know big offices all over the place but I have you know we work as another kind of really innovative business model right that works for someone like me who you know needs a couple offices mm -hmm. I need the support of what a we work will provide to me I do meetings there I have I have about nine we work offices here and I, I have my marketing team, product development, sales, just like the creative parts of my business. As entrepreneurs, we're pulled in many different directions. What are you most focused on right now? And how do you stay focused in a world of social media and fast moving trends and all these things happening in the world? You know, I'm... I, I wish I had like a really great answer for you. Maybe this is, but... I'm focused on the same things I've always been focused on. Um, I try not to let all of those things you just mentioned play too much of a role for me. One of the strengths that I learned about myself early on in this business journey is that um, – and, and really, it goes back to being a makeup artist and a department head, too. I think one of the, I don't know, crafty things about me is that I'm really okay – understanding that I don't know everything, but I'm really good at finding people that know those things that I don't know and empowering them to do their jobs. Because I think micromanaging kind of stunts people. Now, it's not the wild, wild west, okay? They, like there is some management that goes on, but yeah, I've I've been able to just find the right people to take on the worries of those things that mm -hmm. you just mentioned, whether it's social media and all that stuff. And it allows me to stay creative and just be focused on creating great products. And that's, um, it's a blessing. It's such a blessing. And what are you most excited about going into 2020? Well, I'm getting ready to launch my second biggest complexion product. And I guess I can tell you it's concealers. And these concealers that I created, I created in 40 shades. So there's 40 shades of foundation, 40 shades of concealer. But what's really special, again, about these concealers like Bounce is the formulation. I've been able to create this amazingly light but full coverage long wear concealer that has these HD pigments that kind of blur and, you know, sometimes I don't know how much you know about makeup, but a lot of times when you get a long wear makeup, it, you start working with it and then it kind of just stops spreading. It stops blending. It becomes very 
stiff. This we call it a playtime. This this product has a great playtime, and then it, when it does settle in, it doesn't move, and it's very transformative. And I've I like it so much that I've been advised not to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. Um, <laughs> that. I actually use it almost like another foundation. Like it's it's just a different finish than my bounce foundation, but it's as good as my bounce foundation with a different finish. So if you want like um, kind of like a satin kind of yeah. semi-matte finish, you use my bounce. If you want a more radiant juicier kind of finish you use the concealers and they're you can see in 40 shades i have them in front of you right now you can see there's dark ones so i even use them for contouring they're just like this really versatile formula and i'm super excited for the world to to see these because they're really unique and they're really special and they just make you look really good well thank you for sharing that i'm so excited to try it and lastly what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you it means freedom you know, being an entrepreneur is freedom. I can do with common sense the things that I want to do. I can do everything from create products that I can dream about that I know are going to be meaningful and helpful to people because I've had to troubleshoot corrective makeup. It means that hopefully if people like my product, I have financial freedom to give amazing life experiences to my kid. I'm a big family person. Like I don't, I'm not a big social person. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Bounce is the first time that I really started talking about myself and my background because with Beauty Blender, I, nobody really cared about who I was. And it, it actually complicated things to talk about my career because then Beauty Blender became a pro product and people got mm -hmm. intimidated. For me, being an entrepreneur gives me the freedom to be able to, um, talk about myself or not talk about myself or, you know, to just create a business in the way that I want to create a business. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Where can everyone find and follow you? Well, you can find Beauty Blender and you can find me too, I guess, on social media. But like I said, I'm not like a big social media person, but you can find Beauty Blender at beautyblender.com. You can find Beauty Blender on uh, Beauty Blender at Instagram. It's the one with the little blue check. You can find me on Instagram. I think my name is Rianne Silva. I mean, I know my name is canceled, <laughs> but I think that's my name on Instagram. Yeah, that's where you find As us. As a thank you for participating in this interview, we got you a gift. It's oh an entrepreneurista swag bag. Um, oh my God, thank you so we much. We stalked your Instagram account, Nobody actually. Gifts. I always well, we give got people you gifts. Some huh? entrepreneurista swag. Oh, I love it. Thank and we you saw so that your much. daughter loves mermaids, so we got oh, you a mermaid thank cup. Thank you. What? <laughs> Are you ta you're talking about my granddaughter? Oh, your granddaughter. Yeah, that's my glam baby. Your glam She's like baby. A well, we got baby. I actually got her a gift. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> but there's some things for you in there too. Thank you so much. It's been great. I appreciate it. Uh, well, I'm Courtney and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Thanks for listening. 